I'm Allie Wenner, a writer for the Princeton Alumni Weekly Magazine. In June 2017, Sasha Fradkin did something that would impress even the most hardcore internet geeks out there. She submitted a post on the popular internet discussion and news aggregation website Reddit to help promote a Kickstarter campaign for a children's book she was hoping to publish. Not super out of the ordinary, but what was unique about Sasha's post was that it drew attention from more than 20,000 Reddit users and shot to the website's front page. And in that post, Sasha explained how she'd earned a PhD in mathematics from Princeton in 2011, but chose to forgo the usual PhD path of going into the industry or academia after graduation to work at a private elementary school called the Mainline Classical Academy in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. As a math teacher and the Dean of Math and Science, Sasha is responsible for both developing the curriculum and teaching it to many of the school's kindergarten through fifth grade students. And she's particularly interested in coming up with ways to introduce higher level math concepts like functions or certain rules of geometry or other topics that are usually introduced to high school students to her school age children. I sat down with Sasha just before the beginning of the 2017 to 18 school year, and uh, we talked about her passion for teaching math to younger students, about some of her favorite activities to do in class, and about her new children's book called Funville Adventures, which is hitting the shelves this fall. Okay, Sasha, yeah. so um, you got your PhD from Princeton six years ago, and kind of instead of taking the traditional route of going into industry or academia, you've decided to do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, so could you talk about what exactly it is you do here at the Classical Academy and uh, why you chose this somewhat unconventional career path? So the way I got into it was kind of gradual. So growing up, I um, never really thought I was going to become a teacher. Uh, my father was a high school physics and math teacher. I didn't think that was going to be my path, but um, when I had kids of my own, I kind of started thinking about teaching them math. And um, when my older daughter was four, I started uh, doing some math with her. Um, and then uh, I started, I realized that I really enjoy it. And then I, um, she was joined by a friend. So I was doing math with two, two kids. Then it was like a slightly larger group. And then I started teaching uh, regularly on uh, Sundays, like at an enrichment math program. And I was just like uh, fascinated by uh, how, um, how excited kids can be about math, like little kids, and how much they can, um, they can handle and the questions that they ask. And I, I realized that I uh, really, really like it, really like working with them. And so um, this kind of unique opportunity came up. The uh, Mainland Classical Academy offered me um, this position of developing my own curriculum for a math uh, program and teaching it. And so, um, yeah, I went for it because that's uh, I realized that, that was something I was really interested in and wanted to do. And what is it that you love about teaching school-age children? So one thing that I really love is that uh, school children, they don't yet have like stereotypes about what math is. And so uh, they're not afraid to experiment and make mistakes. They uh, don't have this preconception that, you know, math is, uh, all the problems have to have, you know, exactly one solution. There's only one way of doing it. They're very open to, you know, like multiple solutions, no solutions. They're not yet, you know, they're not afraid of math as, you know, <laughs> unfortunately a lot of um, older uh, students are. There's, you know, there are a lot of stereotypes about math 
out there and what else about what it means to be good at math. So, uh, for example, you know, a lot of people think that you're either you're either born a math person or you're not. Or, um, you know, being good at math means that you're quick at computation or that math, you know, that's all there is to math. There's math is just arithmetic. And um, but again, the little the younger you have them, the fewer of these stereotypes and misconceptions they have. And so you can kind of show them that that's not the case and uh, you can show them that math is about uh, looking for patterns and, you know, exploring and making your own discoveries. And, you know, they gladly accept it because that's what they actually do. Anyway, little kids, you know, they love exploring and discovering. And, yeah, I know. Yeah. And to go off of that, I'd love to hear more kind of about your, mm-hmm. your approach to, mm-hmm. to teaching math um, to K-5 students. You know, I mean, for example, are there certain topics or, or themes that you try to emphasize? Or are there certain teaching methods that really seem to resonate with younger children when it comes to, to teaching math? Um, yeah. So one thing um, that I try to do a lot is to, um, you know, make it as hands-on as possible and also, like, make them use you know, as many of their senses as possible. So kind of make it both visual and even like, you know, sometimes audio and, you know, use their uh, fingers. So for example, just as early, like in, in kindergarten, when we explore the concept of just number, mm-hmm. what is number? Well, how can we, um, you know, we can obviously write, you know, the digit, we can represent it as uh, a sequence of, you know, dots or any other shapes and, you know, we can arrange it however we want. We can also, uh, clap five times and that will also represent five in some way and um, and we can you know, we can jump five times and just that we I do a lot of games where we kind of translate between these different ways of representing numbers so that they uh, kind of get this feel that you know num- number kind of this um, that there's many concrete representations of it but ultimately they're all the same and you know to like to go to the to the abstract from the different concrete representations of it. And one of the things that struck me when I was reading your blog and mm-hmm. um, your post on Reddit was uh, kind of your interest in taking these more advanced mathematical mm-hmm. concepts like um, geometry or like functions and kind of like presenting, coming up with ways to present those concepts in a way that's easier for elementary school children to understand. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I want to like, how did you get into that and why is this something that you're interested in? Yeah, so I was um, primarily inspired by... Uh, working with initially with my daughter and then with her and uh, and some friends uh, but also there were a few uh, books and blogs on the topic that I was inspired by and um, one um, was uh, this book about a math circle for little kids you know age three to seven by uh, Alexander Zvonkin he did this back in Russia uh, many years ago but um, yeah so he was kind of I don't know if he was the first one to do it, but the first one was to kind of document um, in this way that, you know, to take advanced topics and start uh, presenting them to little kids. And uh, after reading that book, kind of, I was you know, very inspired to try it. When I did start trying it myself, I noticed it, it's true. Like kids, you know, they, they can handle a lot more than we realize. And uh, they naturally, you know, like want to explore any question that, you know, you throw at them and they get really excited by any sort of discoveries and uh, so yeah so that was I guess how I initially got into it. I'd love to hear some examples of kind of activities that you've come up with for for some of your students. Yeah so these are not all that like necessarily I came up with but these are some of my favorites for the very so like for like very like for for little kids one activity that um, I really love doing with them is um, 
you know, we take a, a, a polygon, say, um, you know, like a square, and they know it has four corners, and then ask them a question, you know, what do you think is going to happen if I cut off one of the corners? And they say, well, naturally, you know, it has four, you're going to cut one off, you're going to end up with three corners. And then we do it, and we end up with a pentagon with five corners. And they're just like, so like, wow, how did this happen? Like, this is so, you know, how can that be? And then, you know, then I ask them, okay, now we have one, you know, with five. What happens if I cut off another one? And again, you know, at this point, some kids are already sort of picking up the pattern. They, you know, they'll say six, but others will still say four. And yet others will say, well, I think it'll still have five. And just, just kind of working through that activity, cutting off, you know, more and more corners and um, kind of seeing them notice the pattern and just be really excited about it. Um, so that was that's one activity that I um, really like uh, to do with them. Um, another favorite of mine is um, playing with functions. So basically, you know, we pretend like we have kind of this machine or, you know, like effectively black box and we come up with a rule. And um, um, so we play, so initially I start, you know, like I come up with the rules and they have to guess it. Like, um, and it's not just with numbers. A lot of times it's not with numbers. A lot of times, you know, we'll do, uh, you know, a, a square goes in, a pentagon comes out, you know, pentagon goes in, hexagon comes out, you know, shapes or anything. And then I have them come up with their own functions. And we also discuss uh, concepts of like, you know, inverse functions, like one function does something, the other one reverses it. And uh, again, they come up with like uh, really great things. Uh, one of my favorites this year was a girl um, in my class came up with a pair of inverse functions. One was uh, bad candy goes in and good candy comes out. And then the other one, you know, opposite, good candy goes in and bad candy comes out. And then, you know, I asked her how she thinks this happens. And she was like, well, you know, somehow, you know, the bad chemicals get taken out. And like, it was just really, <laughs> um, so they really just come up with, you know, really exciting, uh, really great stuff. And as a teacher, I mean, what do you hope that your students take away from your classes? Like at the end of the year when all is said and done? Yeah. Um... I mean, I guess the main thing I hope that they is that they see that um, math is um, fun. Um, it's joyful, you know. It's 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 relevant. It's very much a human endeavor. Um, then, of course, I also hope that they um, you know take away this um, spirit of uh, exploration and uh, asking questions. And um, I hope that they kind of leave my classroom naturally wanting to learn more math like naturally being kind of excited by it and uh then I think if they're kind of interested in learning more they think that it's you know fun and exciting then I think that's all you know that's the main thing and yes there are some particular kind of skills and problem solving skills that I help them to take away too but um I think this it's more important kind of like to me that the the spirit of it <laughs> sure the big picture the big picture yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and, uh, yeah, and, you know, knowing their multiplication tables and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually. But. Yes. Um, um, and so, Sasha, you have a book yeah. coming out soon. Yes. That's pretty exciting. That's uh, very exciting. Yes. And it's, you wrote it with a fellow Princeton alumna. Yes. Right? Alison uh, Bishop. Yep, Alison Bishop. So, we were actually an undergrad together. We were uh, math majors uh, in Princeton undergrad, and that's how we met. 
She's also and class of 06? Yes. Yes, cool. she's class of 06. Um, so. Yeah, so I saw, I, I found it on your blog, um, mm-hmm. Funville Adventures. You described it as a math-inspired children's fantasy book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to hear more about kind of like your inspiration for writing the book and maybe uh, talk about some of the math concepts that are touched upon uh, sure. in Funville. Um, yeah, so Funville, like you said, so it's uh, we think of it you know, as a math-inspired fantasy adventure. Um, and so what does that mean? So basically, on the surface, it is just a... Uh, a fantasy story for kids and you know a kid can kind of read it and not even realize that there's any math involved and you know um, but uh, their uh, math concepts kind of like intertwine and what the book is um, is about so the main characters are uh, are called funvillians and um, each funvillian has a unique power to transform objects and um, the uh, the powers correspond to functions. So the main kind of like mathematical idea behind the book is that of functions. And so some Funvillians have uh, siblings, which uh, have um, kind of opposite inverse powers. So again, inverse functions. And uh, others they don't have siblings because their powers are not invertible. So for example, we have one Funvillian who uh, turns everything into gray elephants. <laughs> so kind of like you know the constant the constant function you know send everything to the same thing. Love um, it. Yeah, that's one of my favorites too. And uh, and the, you know the story is you know a boy and girl from our world magically end up in Funville and they um, you know they meet all the Funvillians and but one thing they discover is that uh, even though Funvillians you know have all these great powers they're often stumped by like kind of some everyday like situations and. Uh, the um, the boy and girl, uh, f- um, their brother and sister, and they kind of use their problem solving skills and out of the box thinking to help Funvillians, you know, solve their problems by either using multiple powers together or sometimes not using powers at all because you know they um, sometimes they get so focused on just using their power because oh I have this like you know big hammer you know, how can I <laughs> they want to use it for everything but the kids show them that uh, you know no you can sometimes solve problems <laughs> using other things as well and so the um yes so so the inspiration for the book um again i think uh came about from doing math with my daughter whenever i did math with her like i noticed so she she loves storytelling and role play so like anything she does she'll turn into you know she'll be um she once did like role play with pencils because that's all she had i'm like so so when we were doing math she also naturally would just want to you know make a story about everything and um when i introduced her to functions we um, spent quite a bit of time, you know, coming up with our own functions, coming up with stories kind of about them. And that's kind of how I got this idea um, for writing kind of a book about um, these creatures uh, that personified functions. Yeah, and then, you know, fairly quickly after I got the idea, I got um, Allison on board. And uh, it's been uh, a bit over three years now, but yeah, it's finally it's coming out, so that's really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> what does your daughter think of the book? Has she read it? Uh, she has read it. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's she's a big fan. She was probably you know the, the first one. Actually, um, I read it to all of my kids here at Classical Academy. Well, not not the, the youngest ones, but everybody uh, kind of first grade and up. And um, 
it, it was really a great experience because I mean they, they all really enjoyed it and actually it was a little difficult reading it to them because every few words they were like, you know, interrupt me with you know kind of either questions or like observations which was you know it was great <laughs> and uh, they uh, really kind of you know made the most out of it it was really great to see um, the, how they reacted and then at the end um, so the story itself, you know, it doesn't has no mention of math. Like it has no mention of the word function or functional or anything. Um, it's just the concepts are kind of, you know, uh, intertwined into a story. But then at the very end, we do have like a math, math addendum, which then goes through and uh, explains kind of where the math um, is and uh, comes from. So for parents or teachers who want to, um, or is it yeah, ready for the, the kids? It's um, for any of those, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. a kid could totally, like it's written kind of in the same style, like, and uh, it's written kind of towards, to the reader, so, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. yeah, parents or teachers could use it um, to build lessons, you know, around. Uh, to kind of wrap things up here with just, yeah. you know, a, a more general question, mm -hmm. um, you know, I know in my life I've met several people, you know, who claim that they hate math and that they you know, dreaded the class when they were in school themselves. So, I mean, my question for you, like, are there other things that we could be doing to make math more accessible um, for students in the United States? Mm -hmm. I, I think that math, I mean, math is accessible. And in math, um, you know, there's a lot of the, oh, how can we make math more fun? Well, or, you know, more relevant. And I think it, it is already uh, fun and relevant. I think part of um, what we can do is, kind of actually do math with <laughs> with mean? children and not well right now in schools math is often um, presented as a set of you know facts formulas procedures that just need to be kind of memorized and followed and um, well naturally that's not very exciting children but if we do if we put in more of this kind of uh, discovery and exploration element in it let kids kind of play with it and um, make discoveries for themselves and uh, rather than just kind of like feeding everything to them and then having them just have, you know, have to memorize it. I think that would um, be kind of a good step in the, in the right direction. And um, I think also less, less testing, because I think that also kind of, guys, everybody, you know, the teachers then don't have the freedom to teach how they want to have to teach the test. The students, they're, they're also just focused, you know, mostly on the test rather than on the, kind of enjoyment and the content and um never-ending cycle exactly <laughs> and anyway sasha thank you so much for your time today i really thank you. appreciate thanks so much for having me it's been great talking really to you yeah. thanks very much funville adventures can be pre-ordered now on naturalmath.com and in the meantime, you can read about more of Sasha's adventures in teaching math to her classes and to her own children on her blog called The Musings of a Mathematical Mom at aofradkin.wordpress.com. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, we invite you to subscribe in iTunes. Uh, we'll be publishing more interviews along with our PodTracks Oral History podcast all year long.